0: This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Ty Butler going until 7 o'clock tonight right here on 98.7 ESPN leading you into coverage of the New York Rangers that gets underway at that time. They will play host to the Chicago Blackhawks pregame starting at 7 o'clock. Faceoff set for 7.30. We will delve into the football. It's a big week 13 for... You know, everyone, including the locals, with the Giants and Jets playing irrelevant football in the month of December for the first time in a long time. So uh, there's a lot to get into there as the Giants host the Commanders. Meanwhile, the Jets on the road in Minnesota to take on a Vikings team that we're not sure how good they are. Their record says 9-2, and two, but we'll dive into the chances that the Jets can pull off the upset tomorrow in Minnesota of course, reacting to the the big story this weekend, locally, of course, and that is Jacob DeGrom signing a five-year, $185 million contract to play with the Texas Rangers. That kind of came out of nowhere. A Friday night news dump, so we'll be all over that and how it could affect the Mets going forward and, and how the fans feel about that deal with DeGrom leaving them in free agency. The Yankees still waiting to hear a word on what Aaron Judge is deciding as they pursue to bring him back fresh off of an MVP season. So a lot to get to. Uh, dial, up us, dial us up on the phone lines, eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. 919 Hit us up on Twitter, Ty D. Butler, and on Instagram as well, T-Y-D-B-U-T-L-E-R. But we, of course, have to start with what just transpired at the Garden because, Watching that game, the, I mean, early first quarter, it had all the feels of Dallas on the road in the midst of a road trip. You know, hanging out in New York City on a Friday night, have having to play a a noon or twelve thirty start at the Garden, dead legs because they they just looked awful early. Luca, that was the worst I'd seen him all season, and he's been fantastic. Uh, Knicks were rolling. This just felt like it was going to be one of those feel-good wins, get you right back on track after you lost the other night to Milwaukee. Late, but, you know, a competitive game that you lost despite the fact that Giannis had fouled out. And this was the get-right game because the Mavs had no legs. This was traveling, you know, road trip, early start. This was a game the Knicks it felt like they were on their way to winning, led by as many as 15 in the first half. But then we get to halftime and they're sitting on a seven-point lead, and I'm like, oh boy, this 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 does not feel good. Because when Luca has arguably the worst half he's played all season, and we, what was he minus 11 in the first half? You now Julius Randle goes off for 21 points. The Mavs come in losers of five of their last six games, and after it, it looked like you you were gonna blow them off the court in the first half, you only led by seven. I knew there was that was a sign of trouble. I knew that was a sign of trouble. And then in the third quarter, Dallas goes on a 17-0 lead. All of a sudden, they go from down by 15 to up 30. <laughs> up 30. The, the Knicks, you know, for some odd reason, just can't seem to win home games. They're 4-7 and seven at home this year. The Mavs, just their second road win of the season. And I mentioned they they had been struggling as of late they they come in under five hundred losers of five of the last six games, and surprisingly, their only win in that stretch was on the road against the warriors who have been playing much better lately and for for them to come in here and, and beat you by double digits after trailing by fifteen that that I mean that is a dreadful performance and it feels like like this is becoming a trend where I'm coming on after what feels like all right this is the worst performance uh, of the season for the Knicks. This is the one that leads to some changes happening. And I and I've been, I've been a defender of Tom Thibodeau all season long because I just don't feel like he's been given uh the roster needed to really implement and have the type of success that he's capable of that we just saw 2 years ago when he won coach of the year. People want to complain about the defense, and I understand when you have a defensive-minded head coach. Like we are going to attribute the blame to him. But when we get to a point where defense and effort become the two biggest, you know, layers of criticism, that's an indictment of the head coach. And I've been defending him. I I, I don't think that firing him is going to be what solves their issues because I I think. Overall, this is a roster construction issue, but uh, that that is a dreadful performance. And we're, we're now seeing a boatload of them. Remember, they had the double-digit lead uh, two Fridays ago against the Blazers, against a, a a team with no Dame Willard, and somehow Jeremy Grant scores a career high. Anthony Simons, he's going off. They combined for 82 points, and the Knicks blew a double-digit lead and, and lost in overtime. We saw that debacle against the Nets where at some point in the game they were down by damn near 30 points and it, it was Kevin Durant a bunch of guys Watu Nabi you know, Seth Curry a bunch of guys Knicks fell short that Oklahoma City debacle at home where once again led by double digits only to allow the thunder to score a buck 45 giddy goes off for a triple double SGA looked like he was you know Elgin Baylor and time after time, we are having to react to just just dreadful performances. And even I was there at the Garden on Wednesday night where it felt like that was a game the Knicks could have won. And some argue maybe should have won once Giannis fouls out. And, and, and it feels like at that point the momentum had shifted. But I said, you know what? It's a competitive game against a team that right now looks like they're not, if not the best team in the NBA, one of the best. Led by the best player in basketball, and you know Grayson Allen hits that big shot, could have gone other, you know, could have gone either way in the end. And the Bucks, who are champions, who have that pedigree, found a way to emerge victorious. So I wasn't going to fault them after that. But I mean, we've got a large enough sample size to understand this team's not really good. Thir- uh, 10 and 13 on the season, we're going to be sitting. If you're a Nick fan. You're, you're going to be hard-pressed right now to, to make a legitimate case for them being a playing team, which is hard to believe. You're listening to the best
0: of ESPN New York tonight.
1: That was just a mess. If you, if you were there, I, I, I apologize. That, that was dreadful uh, to be up 15 in the first half, and, and all of a sudden it's, it's the fourth quarter and you're down 30 against a Mavs team that had been struggling. And Luka Doncic is by far and away one of the top three players in basketball. He just looked super lethargic in that first half, turning the ball over, missing easy shots, and then just turned it on in that third quarter. And he still ended up with, what, 30 points? So Luka goes for 30. Tim Hardaway Jr., at at some point, he's screaming, this is my city, this is my city. In roots, to his twenty-eight points, hit eight threes today. So that—that's the type of performance that makes you nauseous if you're a Nick fan. Nauseous. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We go to Lonnie in Long Island. What's up, Lonnie? Batting leadoff today.
2: Not paying taxes is another one. We pay taxes. How do we get away with it?
1: Oh, let's, Lonnie. What's so? What's going on? What, what about paying taxes? Who's paying taxes?
2: I was talking about... The same time. Yes, I'm sorry. Listen, how you doing? How's it going, buddy?
1: Oh, Make sure you pay your taxes, man. That could lead to jail time if you're trying to find loopholes. I, and... yeah, I don't want, want to go to jail. Yeah, I don't want to go to jail. That's... You don't belong in jail, yeah. man. There, there are people who no, belong that's... in jail but you're not one of them. So make sure you pay your taxes, my G. I
2: will pay my taxes. But what I want to say is, listen, the Knicks, they got a bunch of... I'm not even going to give them a B. They're C and Ds and Fs. They, we have... They have no A's on that team, not not even close. And and then how can you expect a team like like a junior league team to win in the pros when you're playing against big guys? These guys, you can't bring a C team to be an A team. It's not going to happen. Once in a while they will get a win here and there, yeah. But if they're just not made to win, I don't know. I can't blame the coach because he's got he has a team that's not going to do it. They're just not ready. And they need, They should have got that trade. Donovan Mitchell, if they would have brought him, that would have made a difference. They would They would start winning some of them games that they should win. It would well, definitely make a difference. But we don't have
1: any A's, no B's. Season
2: D is not going to get it done. Now, what do you think?
1: <laughs> I appreciate the call, Lonnie. And, look, you're going to get a, a firsthand Donovan Mitchell experience tomorrow at the Garden because he makes his his debut as a Cav. Tomorrow, that is a 5:45 pregame right here on 98.7 ESPN. Tip off set for six o'clock. And Mitchell has been awesome this year. And the Cavs find themselves, as, you know, as one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference right now, sitting as the number three seed, but just you know, three games back of the one at Celtics. So the Cavs in the conversation for contention right now. They've been playing extremely well, and Donovan Mitchell has been a key cog. in that Darius Garland returning from injury. Um, so he's, he's been able to solidify that group, but they they've got their, that, that's a loaded roster. So, look, Donovan Mitchell obviously would have made them better, and if we could go back in time, it's a deal that you have to make, but the better situation for him individually was Cleveland because that, that's a roster that you've know, got Jared Allen, an all-star. They've got Darius Garland, an all-star. Uh, they've got Evan Mobley, an all-star in the making. So, you know, Kevin Love's playing pretty well off the bench. So that that team that ha- that team has talent. If he comes here, would the Knicks be better? Absolutely. I I my my point of confusion is just like what what the plan is here because if you you went out there and signed Jalen Brunson and he's been pretty good this year, he, he's been to me their best player. But you give him a hundred million dollars, you give R.J. Barrett the the max extension on on his rookie contract, and right now the Knicks are the 11th seed. Like you spend all that money to 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 do what? To look just as bad as you did last year? If 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 the plan is, oh, we got to tear it down, so why did you just sign Jalen Brunson? Why were Nick fans so excited this past offseason about finally bringing in a point guard when, and to no fault of his own, it's netted nothing positive? Because all we kept hearing was the addition of the point guard was going to make life easier offensively for Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. And Julius has been pretty good this year had a monster first half, as I mentioned. Uh, didn't really show up against the Bucks, but you went off against the Pistons the night before. So he's had a pretty good year, but has it netted the results that you expected where it opens the floor up for both R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle to cook? It really hasn't led to much of anything, so that's just my question. That's my question. Kenny in New Jersey wants to talk. What's up, Kenny?
0: What's up, man? I had, I had a, a Mets comment. I, I know we didn't touch on Mets yet, but I'm just itching to go off on these Mets because how do you let I, Jacob Degrom get away? How do, listen, do Kenny, how
1: do you do that? Listen, I'm gonna let you finish, Kenny. Um, but it, when when the Rangers lose their minds and and give and we're gonna get into this um, after uh, you know after we wrap up the next conversation. But when the Rangers completely lose their mind and give Jacob Degrom, who in the last two years has started 26 games, $185 million. Like, that's insane. That's not a Met. Like, that's not the Mets letting him go. That's the De- Grom finding a team dumb enough to give him that contract. I, I don't blame the Mets for that.
0: I mean, what do we care? I mean, that's nothing. That's a drop in the bucket. Obviously, the Rangers had it, and they're not a big market team. So, obviously, they had it. We got a billionaire owner. So what do we care? We just want to win win a couple championships.
1: But it doesn't guarantee you that you're going to win a couple championships.
0: Well, I'm sure he he doesn't hurt. He he wouldn't hurt the chances.
1: Well, Kenny, listen, uh, he's been here for for how long now? And it's netted them how many championships? And and Jacob DeGrom at his best, and maybe that's more of a Met problem, but at his best, the Mets weren't contending for championships. So uh, last year, he comes back and – you know he. I'll give him credit because with the season on the line, he beat the Padres. But what exactly did it mean for the Mets last year having him? I don't. I don't know that giving him five years, one hundred and eighty-five million dollars, guarantees you winning a couple championships, let alone one.
0: But I mean, if you give him that money, it's not going to stop you from getting other people. You know. Yes, it it's, would. No yes, it would, Kenny. Cap.
1: It absolutely would. Wow.
0: There's no because salary
1: cap. There's no salary cap, but there are punitive tax. Um, Rules in place for guys like Steve Cohen, because they want to level the playing field. So there's a Steve, Steve Cohen tax where it's going to strap you not just financially, but when it comes to, you know, giving out money uh, to players uh, coming from overseas and, and, and I mean, draft compensation like that. That there are there are rules put in place to stop him from spending in a way that we know he wants to spend, but now that he has to abide by set rules. It, it, it causes them to be a little bit more f- fiscally responsible. And and again, this isn't, this wasn't that like de grand healthy. I don't know if he's worth that money.
0: I just didn't want to lose him. You know I mean? I, it, it seemed like Texas is notorious for bad contracts. They, they always make bad contracts. Yes, yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. that's correct. And I, look, <laughs> I appreciate the call Kenny and we'll get more into the Mets conversation. Look, It's it's fun to do, especially for me as a Yankee fan. Troll the Mets, you know, memes. Let's make fun of their misfortunes and blunders. We can have fun with that. Like if you follow me on Twitter, Ty D. Butler, and and Instagram, you know I have fun with that. And it's 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 because I'm a Yankee fan living in this city with Met fans, and I have a lot of Met fans as friends. So it's fun to do. This is not the time for that. This is not a Mets blunder. This isn't, you know, come on the air and rip the Mets. How could you ever let Jacob deGrom go? 5 years, 185 million dollars, no thanks. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Momo and the car wants to talk about the Knicks. What's up, Momo?
2: Hey, it's uh it's actually slow Uh we talked the other week. Um oh, what's up? but yeah, but the Knicks, I think the problem is not uh Thibodeau. I think it's Leon Rose and the way he, you know, constructed this team. It's like, just look at the last three games. Like, okay, like, you know, against good teams, like, we're going to lose. And against bad teams, we're going to win. But, like, that seems to be what he wanted. Like, we don't have any stars. We have all these veterans. And, uh, you know, there's any reason why we need Julius Randle and draft Obi Toppin to sit on the bench for two years, like, three years now,
1: uh, listen, uh, I appreciate the call. It, it, it's it's it is a problem that I agree with you. That starts up top. Should Obi Toppin be playing more minutes? Absolutely, he should. I would like to see more a more polished game from Obi Toppin because what is this now? Year three for him. I would like to see him more polished and not just be someone who is a threat dunking the basketball. He's he's definitely improved his shot over the over the couple over the last couple of years up to 37% this year and it's, and it's his best mark of his career and that was a point of emphasis for him he he was going to get opportunities to hit open threes and this year he's hitting them but there he still leaves a lot more to be desired and i understand clamoring for more minutes because he should be playing more than 17 minutes a game like he's one of the young guys who you could potentially build up as an asset so if you decide that he doesn't factor into your future, you want a contender to look at him and say, yeah, he can come in and, and be a major contributor. So he should absolutely be playing more. But is that the reason why they're losing? Like, if, if we get to a point in the season and we're like, you know what, the reason why they're losing is because Obi Toppin isn't getting enough minutes, then the roster's not good. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. More your phone calls coming up. Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram. We will transition into the baseball, of course, Jacob DeGrom is no longer a Met. He is now in Texas. And I'm not here for anyone blaming the Mets for him getting away because that contract was ridiculous.
0: You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight.
1: Is this the worst loss of the season? Maybe. The Mavs down by as many as 15 in the second quarter, led by 30 in the third quarter. They used a 17-0 run in that third quarter. To you know, really take control of the game. Luca played the worst half, arguably, of the season. Randall playing arguably his best half of the season in that first half. And the Knicks only led by seven points. So, to me, that was an immediately uh, an immediate sign of trouble. But with no Christian Wood, you know, the Mavs just coming off of a, a, an overtime loss at the hands of the Pistons in Detroit. This is a twelve thirty start for a team traveling on a, on a road trip. Mavs have lost five of their last six games. I thought this was a was an awful loss. An awful loss. And now you are at the point of the season where you have a large enough sample size to say, you know, this team's just not very good. And they're going to be lucky to make the playing tournament. So you, you, you didn't qualify for the playing tournament last year. And now you, this year you're going to be lucky to make the playing tournament. So what exactly is the plan here? Because you signed Jalen Brunson, and, and as good as he's been, like he's not the needle mover when it comes to joining this team, becoming the best player, and now thrusting you into playoff contention and uh, you know one of the upper echelon teams. You didn't bring Jalen Brunson here to be your best player. You brought him in here to fill a a much needed void and hole at the point guard position. And he's done that, but it just hasn't netted the results that you had imagined with regard to RJ Barrett finally becoming that perennial All Star caliber player that you could build your franchise around, and Julius Randle, you know, adding to that. And again, Randle's had a pretty good season in my estimation, but it just hasn't come together for the Knicks. And uh, I I point a large. Portion of the blame in the direction of R.J. Barrett, who just hasn't matured the way that we thought he would. Because he's the, this, He and he was good against the Bucks, But this year, I'm looking at numbers that would suggest this is the worst version of him since his rookie season. I'm watching a guy who has zero confidence in his three-point shot, doesn't have a lift, and I know he was sick and it took away from, you know, his mobility. But just overall, this season, he has not been good. He has not been good. Dave in Jersey City. What's up, Dave?
2: Okay, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Of course,
1: thanks for making I, I
2: listen listen all the time. A lot of people always talk about Toplin. Let's say Toplin versus Randall. Toplin is a long way from being a player like Julius Randle. Uh, Nick fans, I like Julius Randle. I'm a Nets fan, but Julius Randle was a good player. I think the Knicks' problem was Fournier and um Timber Walker. And that front office is ridiculous. And that's the problem. And they're trying to recover. I think Ken Reddish can be a much better player. And I think they have young players that still need to learn how to play the game of basketball. But they have talent, but they still don't know how to play the game of basketball. And from the game today, um, Robinson, he's on interview Turned my how he was getting in shape. He was huffing and puffing. And I was like, wow, his old guy took my high. Listen, 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 Six, listen, Dave.
1: And I appreciate the call. I'm sorry I'm up against the clock, but it's just not a good roster. And look, Obi Toppin is not Julius Randle, but he should be playing some more minutes. I would agree with that.
0: This is the Ty Butler Show. On 98.7 ESPN.